weird. Dude, you are weird. <laughs> Mr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. That <laughs> family picnic sometimes <laughs> gives you more than just a potato salad. That's the voice of my co-host and one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Mike Davis. We're screwed. What does that mean? No, we're not standing in a box together in our underwear. <laughs> Are you kidding me, Mike? Oh my God, that is hilarious. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. I'm your host, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and with me as always is my co-host, Mike Davis. Mike, how's it going? Great, man. Man, are you doing good? I'm doing wonderful. We're hanging out in the Bojangles studio here, and uh, things are things are have, uh, off to a great start this week. We've had a very productive week so far. We've been working. Yeah, we have been working. We've been pretty busy, even though we've been vacationing as well. It's kind of weird. We've been weaving it all together somehow. Was vacation nice? It was nice. Um, me and my family went to Cabo. I hadn't been to Cabo in about 20 years, and uh, we stayed in a really nice resort, and we went fishing. We went out on a boat a couple days. Uh, it was great. It really was. Uh, the weather was nice. Got pretty warm one day. Uh, avoided any kind of serious sunburn issues uh, that kind of happen on vacations like that for me. Good for you. <laughs> um, a little windy at times around the resort. We're right on the beach. Uh, I'll get into the details if you want. I, All right. I got questions because okay. I got a picture from your vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know which one you're talking about. I got a picture. Yeah, that's right. Doing a little yoga there. Um, beach yoga. I know it. Got his ass well, all I mean, cocked up in the air I'm and everything. At, well, I mean, it's not, There's. I don't know if it's beach yoga. It just happens to be at the beach because we're at a resort. Well, that's a big, all right, that's a big all right. qualifier. Getting, okay, getting into it. Um, yeah, so I don't know how to, I don't know, I mean, I've never tried yoga, right? My wife is always going to yoga class and... Uh, maybe I, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I've been thinking that, you know, I went to core with her, which is another workout deal she does and, um, went to cryotherapy. So as you can see, I'm on this little, uh, I'm on this little journey, uh, to discover whether doing those type of things that she does, that she likes and joining her being with her, uh, does anything, right? Does it have any sort of a. <clears throat> is there any kind of a a change or a, or any kind of a uh result end result i don't know what that i don't know what i'm even looking for but amy i've for all i guess what it is is like for all of my um <clears throat> for all of our lives together me and amy right for the most part she did what i was doing i was racing i was traveling i was doing this i was doing that and none she, of which was fun for her. I disagree. Oh, she I, would say I, she would say she, had, she you know she might say I think she would sit here and say a lot of it was tough. I was places you know I was I was where I wanted to be to be with you, but I don't know if I was exactly where I wanted to be in that moment. That's exactly. There right. was a lot of times when she, you know she's sitting in the bus bored to death, you know, and I I understand that. You know, I don't want to I don't want to speak for her, but uh, I absolutely have a little guilt over that, mm-hmm. like like dragging her out of her routine, out of you know, out of what she was doing, and saying, you know, for for the next you know ten, fifteen years, your life is doing what I say, and we're going where I say we're going. And anyways, figuratively, look, it's not like you were going around saying that no, to her, but yeah, I, we understand what you mean. Thank you. So I guess I mean this is like not even the same thing. But going to you know, I'm not saying that I'm equally you know, doing what, you know, 
It's not as much of a sacrifice. It is not. She sacrificed no. a good part of her life. You God, like are you. sacrificing an hour. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> I'm doing these things with her because um, sometimes I think that, believe it or not, man, I mean, you know, we, I, we, I, I think us men, we walk around in our worlds, right, in our relationships, and we're totally, for the most part, content in how we feel about our our relationships our wives now there's times when i'm insecure right but you know for the for the most part i don't you know i don't i think with amy sometimes she'll say you know sometimes i don't feel like i'm being heard or sometimes i don't feel like i'm being appreciated and i'm like how can that be right um and so you know i've thought maybe i could i could go with her to some of the things that she enjoys and she and and maybe while I'm there, I mean, I don't have to like it. I don't have to want to become like a you know big time yoga dude. Uh, I don't have to you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start signing up for my own core classes. Yeah, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I can promise you. I don't know. You looked into it in these pictures. Fucking, the experience was tough. <laughs> I was giving it my best, man. But you I'm were. thinking I'm thinking that maybe she gets more out of it than I do, right? I guarantee it. Yeah, and so. I'm hoping that me being there is a plus for her, right? Not, uh, you know, not old damn. You know, I wanted to go to yoga, but now he's coming, and you know, right. it's not going to be the same. But I, I, I know that when she came on the show, like she, the fact that you're willing to do these things is, it's it says a lot. Yeah, it says a lot. Listen, for her. I don't, I don't want to. I'm not looking for an award or a trophy or even a pat on the back. Going to one hour yoga on the beach at a resort was not hard to do. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, I was a little up a little early, moving a little faster than I wanted to at seven o'clock in the morning. Oh, it's seven. It was early. In the morning. Yeah, it was like seven or eight. I mean, that's well, it was you know it's on the west coast, so it ain't too bad, I guess. Considering I guess. Um, yeah, it's probably still. about ten o'clock here or eleven o'clock here. But look, man, I'm just tr- thinking, man, if I go and do these things with her, she might appreciate that effort, and uh, and it might show her that I'm curious, I'm interested in what's what's she's interested in i'm i'm interested in going and seeing it and doing it and experiencing it so when she comes home and talks about it i'm i'm not looking you know staring straight through her as she's trying to explain to me how her core class went Mm -hmm. right so has she asked you to do anything that you're saying absolutely not well i'll be honest with you i love you but but after the four after the first core class uh i didn't want to go back but Mm -hmm. she signed us up to do another one and and i wasn't going to say no you know i don't want to disappoint her and so I thought, what the hell? I can go do this. We went and we did it again. Oh, it sucked so bad. I mean, it's so hard. The 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 moves and everything that they're doing and, and your gut is burning. Your abs are like going crazy. And uh but I mean that's the point, right? That's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. Uh but I feel um, you know, when I go do those classes, uh, you know, I feel like I should be, I, you know, I just, I go in there assuming, man, I should be able to do all this. Why can't I, you know, why can't, why do I got to take a break halfway through this particular move? That's, that's, you know, what, well, you know, but I'm, you know, so I feel like I should be, I should be stronger. Right. But dude, it's hard. Dude, every, I mean, and, everything you've yeah. described still, I'm, I'm convinced it's halfway to a hostage situation. I mean, like, <laughs> I think they waterboard you in there. I went, no, it's tough. I went to, but the the yoga thing, I have, you know, I've wanted to try it once. I want to know what the hell yoga is. You hear about it your whole life. Okay. I've heard, you know, look, 
have you not have you not heard about yoga your whole life? Yoga's been around forever. And so I'm thinking, and Amy goes to these hot yoga classes where it's like 105 degrees and they do this. And she, I was going to go, and I might still, I might do that. Just well, did, to, did you like this beach yoga thing? I didn't hate it. Okay. Um, the moves are, I don't know, yoga's a little different than, you know, like a traditional, you know, class like you're going to, like a core class where you're just going in there to kill your abs. Um, yoga's got this sort of spiritual part to it to where there's some, there's some, you know, there's some chanting and, and, and some meditating and some moments of peace and quiet and relaxation. And so, you know, I think there's, there's a lot about yoga, obviously, that I don't understand. Uh, but there are some, there were some moves and poses and holds that, you know, get the, get the muscles burning. And some of them are really easy. Yeah, that was tough. You know, you sit in this position. So it's basically like a, l- a lunge, a half lunge. Yeah, there's a name for this. Uh, who knows what this is called? Uh, real quick, so we can tell our list. Warrior, yeah. The warrior? So I'm looking at this picture yeah, of Dale Jr. Warrior in the pose. warrior pose. The funniest part about this picture is that he's in this warrior pose, and you're doing well. I mean, i got to tell you, your form looks right, okay? T-shirt, stock car racing every Sunday night, throwback speedway, <laughs> where the stars are born. Yeah. I'm like, yep, you can't, you can take the redneck out I of North pack, Carolina, but you, by yeah, God. I, I went and I didn't pack, I didn't pack my yoga gear. Um, <laughs> oh man, if you had yoga gear, <laughs> that is a picture I gotta yeah, have. I don't have any yoga gear, Mike. Yeah, but anyways, you're wanting this thing to be good, be a full. You want me to become a yoga guy? Listen, I'm just gonna tell you something. I put y'all in the text because Amy, yeah, and you, uh, she, it was a group text. She just sent me these pictures. It you talk about gifts, you talk about uh, acts of love. Amy sending me these pictures of you was an act of love. I took it that way. That was such a, a nice thing to get. Oh, <laughs> I got so much laughter out of it. But, it yeah. but to be honest with you, I'm impressed. Now, you, you you bring up a good point about us men and that we're completely fine with just just day to day. I mean, I, yeah. like I don't. I, but then do you ever get this? Does Amy ever ask you? My wife does this out of the blue. I might be waking up. I'm still not awake. And she'll say, do you love me? Amy what, never does what, that. It's, what do you love about me? Yeah. Nope, and never, I'm just like, never. I just want my eggs right now. Yeah. I love to eat breakfast. That, I love you for that. No, we don't do that. No? Uh-uh. Man. Well, that's what I get. Really? Yeah. Um, well, um, that's, that, I know exactly what you're talking about, but that, that, that kind of stuff would happen early in our relationship maybe. You know, when we're trying to trying to feel each other out and understand whether who's in this, who's in it all the way, and who's who's sort of right. on the fence. Well, we're about to celebrate our twentieth. Yeah, y'all anniversary. Are, y'all are pretty far. <laughs> we're still into asking, this. what do you love about me? Right. I'm like, didn't wonder, we know this already by yeah. the, by year ten? Well, <laughs> I think you know, I don't. I hate to make any assumptions, man, because it's dangerous, slippery slope there. But you know, sometimes I think as as women, so I see, I see Amy. And I look at her and I think, man, she is so beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. there I see her in, in every day. There's a moment where I'm like, unreal. I can't believe I'm married to this woman. And so, but she'll, I tell her that and she'll just roll her eyes and, and then give me five things she doesn't like about her. Right. Mm. And so I think what maybe is possibly going on is that, we all age and we look in the mirror and we go, gosh, that that's happening. I don't like that. You know, boy, that changed. And, and now that's probably never changing back. And so we start to wonder, hey, you know, I, I know you found me attractive at one point, 
um, tell me what you love about me now. Yeah, because I think you're right. It can't, can't be this or it can't you know it can't be can't be that. Um, and so they need that reassurance that you know even though things are changing physically, that you're still all there, right? You're still in love, right? I think you're right. Yeah. Look at you, Doctor Dale. Just come in here, bring all your uh, relationship <laughs> well, problems and uh, your issues. Not that I have a relationship problem. Yeah. I don't. I think we all have certain insecurities and stuff. I mean, I, look, I'm not 100% content and just so fulfilled every day. I don't, I don't ever have a feeling that I'm not appreciated mm, in, in my marriage. I do get my feelings hurt, right? Now, that happens a lot. Right where I get my feelings hurt, and I'm like, man, you hurt my feelings. That that sucked, you know. And then now we're mad, both mad at each other, and not talking like damn kids. Yeah, you know. And that happens. That happens from time to time. But when Amy says what that did, that made me feel unappreciated. I don't feel like that I'm appreciated. I'm like, man, I really want to understand what that means, and I want to change that right now. But I, I can't relate. I don't have. I'm never having that feeling myself, so I can't. I, you know, I can't look within myself to figure out how to. What's the solution to this? And I wonder. I would love to really understand what she's really feeling. Yeah. Like when she says, "I'm unappreciated. I don't feel appreciated." I'm like, "Well, I'd love to fix this right now." Um, look at you, man. You you, you come in here. Gonna, sometimes. I've just got to be careful, man, because it's slippery slopes. I don't want you know. No, I think she, you're right. I know, but some things she may she may not want me talking about. In terms of her own insecurities and so forth, but and I don't know if I, you know, I want you, you know. I think you're speaking broadly, and I think you're right. I, mean, I hope least, I'm speaking broadly. Um, but by the way, <laughs> do you get your feelings hurt by your kids? I, you know, I, I kind of do. It's funny you say that. Last night, so here's here's one thing that happens with with Isla, for example. Me and Amy trade off every other night, putting Isla to bed. Putting Isla to bed is is. Going in there, reading a book, laying down, and she falls asleep in 15 seconds. Um, and we trade off. Amy does it one night, I do it the next. But Isla never wants me to do it. I always want, she always wants Amy to do it. And Isla and I, am, we're sitting on the couch last night. And we're, she's, we're ta- we're, she's laughing about something, we're giggling and carrying on and Having a great time, but it's it's time for bed, and she's getting tired. And it's my and she says, uh, Amy takes Nicole up to to bed, and Isla sees that, and she goes, "Who's taking me to bed tonight?" And I know what she's thinking, and I say, "You know, it's my it's my night. Mama took you to bed last night, Isla. You know, Mama took you to bed last night, so you know that it's my night." Oh, why can't Mama take me to bed? And I'm like, man, what is it about? What do What's I? What's wrong with me? What am I not doing? <laughs> right. Am I not, you know, reading the book right? Am I not getting? Am I not making the story? Is it better? You know, does Mama read a book better than me? Possibly, right? Probably. You know, she probably. I probably breeze through it and mispronounce half of it. Probably do mispronounce <laughs> some of it. Um, you read it in your language. <laughs> you know, and and so, uh, Amy comes back downstairs and. Um, Isla gets up and walks over there and starts like talking under her breath. You know, oh, like mama, mama, can can you can you take me to bed? Yeah, and I'm sitting there going, man, this guy's a freaking idiot. So yes, <laughs> yes, my feelings got hurt. Yeah, I can't. And so, you know, Isla, and the worst part is, is that when she convinces Amy to take her to bed, they go walking past me, 
And Isla looks over at me, and I don't even, and I don't know what that look is on her face, but she, 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 look. <laughs> she looks like she's, she, she, I can't hide being uh-huh. hurt about it. I guess I don't, you know, we can look in each other's eyes. I, 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 my face can be emotionless, right? And she can look in my eyes and sense where I'm at mentally. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and pounce. Oh, she's, no, she's just walking by and I'm trying not to look like I'm pouting. And she's uh, looking at me like, don't be disappointed. I'm getting, you know. Yeah, this is the way it is. This is the way it is. Yeah, As, yeah. You know, and, There's a lot more where this came from. <laughs> and, I hear you, dude. And then Amy comes to bed and I'm like, man. Uh, wonder why she doesn't want me to ever take her and take her to night night and tuck her in. I wonder why she always wants you to do it. There's like one night a month where she's like, "I want daddy to do it," but it's always mom. And she goes, she goes, "Don't let that hurt your feelings." She's like, she, "I'm her mother. She wants her mother." Of course. And that made sense to me, you know. Yeah. But holy crap, uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, little stuff, the silliest things shouldn't make it shouldn't bother you at all and dude yeah that's what they, i'm learning man they get you wait till they get 14 i don't and 11 god think, they, i don't they, even they, want to think about it well you're gonna have to because it's gonna happen it's, it's gonna wanna, be there tomorrow i will worry about you, it when it happens well, i'm no, not gonna sit right here right i know now. but i that's what i live today i'm not so gonna I'm, give myself an ulcer worrying about how they're gonna hurt my feelings dude i told you that story we were in we were walking down the street in key west isla was Five, six months old in a stroller. We're happy, skipping along. Beautiful morning. We're going to get breakfast. Everything's amazing. Beautiful wife, brand new child. And we walk by this leathered regular from Key West that, you know, you love seeing down there, little salty dogs. And he turns around and goes, she's going to break your heart in about 16 years. And I was like, Amy, is he telling the truth? (laughs) I was like, holy (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even think about that. And so, you know, hearing you say those things, it's like, no, I'm not I'm not worrying about that right now. Yes, it's gonna happen. Yes, she's gonna get a you know, you're gonna get her license and I'm gonna be out of the driveway mm. and never wanna hang out with us anymore. But you know what? I'm gonna try in that moment to go, Hey Amy, let's go do some Right. Let's do some hot yoga. No. Let's go to core. No. <laughs> I mean, Anyways. I'm like, finally. You- so, so vacation. Boy, did we get off on a tangent? We did. Uh, vacation was nice. Do yeah. you feel relaxed? Do you feel rested? Do you feel like you're ready to get out? Because you about to start working hard. I know. I'm pumped. So, anyways, I wanted to say on vacation, I caught a marlin. Oh, did you? Yes, I never that caught like? one. How big are those? Uh, well, mine was probably 80 pounds, not the biggest, but I don't know. I mean, there's some really massive marlins out there. We did not catch a giant, but uh, the the group that I was with, uh, it was Amy's family got us a boat, and we went out and started fishing. We went out at 7 o'clock in the morning. Actually, we was on the boat at 6.30 until 2. And trolling around, you know, at at, at just a nice, slow, steady pace and trying to catch marlin all morning. And uh, it was all right, you know. uh, But we caught two. I I reeled one in, and and, uh, Amy's brother-in-law, Kobe, he reeled one in as well. So I can say that happened in my awesome. life, right? So, um, yeah, it was a couple. It was, it was a vacation of first yoga, uh, marlins, and uh, then oh, then we went and got on another boat the next day and went and swam in the ocean. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a good time. Anyways, uh, it was uh, it was uneventful, and um, well, that's the way vacations really. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. 
Hey, Dale Jr. Downloaders, NASCAR is back in Nashville June 23rd through 25th at Nashville Super Speedway. And this year, it'll be guitars and fast cars under the lights. That's right. Enjoy the thrills of racing and watch the Ally 400 during its new start time, 6 p.m. Central. From your favorite drivers to your favorite country music stars, including award-winning artist Parker McCollum, Nashville's premier race weekend has it all. With live performances on the Fan Zone stage all weekend, driver appearances, premium, and camping spaces to bring your race weekend experience to the next level, line dancing, even a mechanical bull, and so much more, there's something for the whole family during Nashville Super Speedway's Triple Header Race Weekend. Also, grab your tickets for the Rackley Roofing 200, the Tennessee Lottery 250, the NASCAR Cup Series race, the Ally 400, before they are gone. Visit NashvilleSuperspeedway.com now. I am back home. We got a week off the entire industry, right? No Xfinity race, no Cup race. Um, I don't know what the truckers are doing this weekend. Well, they might be racing somewhere, but I don't think anybody's working, at least uh, this weekend. All the... I just walked through the Junior Motorsports shop, and everybody is talking about what they got planned this weekend, right? Racing with their kids or whatever. And so I hope everybody's going to take a great opportunity, the only opportunity for the rest of the year, to go have a weekend. Um, but I am gearing up. Yeah, we're, we're gearing up to go to Nashville Super Speedway and start the NBC broadcast uh, part of the year. I'm looking forward to it. I think I'm excited about it more this year than I was last year. And the reason why I think that is is because last year I forgot how much fun it was and I walked into Nashville sort of neutral mm. in, a, in, a, in a sense. Like, here, yes, yeah, time to go do this. Okay, let's go. But I got in the booth and I went, damn, I, I forgot how fun this is and, and I should appreciate this more, right? And so now I think going into this year I'm a lot more – uh, eager and excited and looking forward to uh, to that job, that part of my world, man. It's so much fun. And so also, on top of that, man, we got a bunch of stuff happening in the sport. You know, last year was a great year. Exciting, new car, guys having all kinds of problems with it, some drama with, with Chastain and this and that and the other, and that was good storylines. This year, there's there's just plenty of storylines, and they're, they're a little different, right? And it's the same story. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a, there, some of the racing is not that great, but some of it's amazing, right? Um, the short track stuff still a bit of a struggle. We'll we're gonna live that. I know it. We're not gonna go to a short track just because NBC's in the booth and all of a sudden everything's gonna be different. Mm-hmm. We're gonna live some of the some of the frustrations that we we experienced in the first half this year. But there's some really good racing yeah. at some other racetracks um, that I'm really looking forward to. I think I think. Right out of the gate, Nashville should be good. So we're going to Chicago Street Course, right. a brand new, who knows what's going to happen kind of deal. Um, I'm open minded and positive about that. Um, hey, real quick before you move past Nashville, we also it's important to note because I don't think we've said anything about it publicly, and I haven't yeah. seen a ton of promotion. But you and I are going to be doing a live show Friday night uh, in Nashville, same place we did it last year. For Ally on Broadway, on Broadway, at, at Old, Old Red, Red. Old Red. Uh, it's a great bar, um, fantastic. Bar. Yeah, it is a great bar right in the middle of of Broadway, and uh, we're going to come in there and do a little, uh, do a live, uh, do a live Dale Jr. download. That's um, right on Thursday night, I believe. Friday, Friday night, Friday night, Friday night. Friday night what time? 
Uh, I think it starts at 8.30. I got a practice uh, to, to do at the racetrack, I believe. You do. And so uh, we're going to leave the racetrack and come right to you. Yep. And um, we're going to have a couple special guests. Yeah, we're not going to announce them. No, nope, we're not. We're going to have a couple special guests. We did the show last year. Daryl Waltrip was part of the show with us. We had a blast. Yep. Um, Daryl was just wide open. Yep. Uh, everybody that was in there drinking, having a good time. Everybody was in a good mood. And um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that again. I miss Nashville. I love that city. And uh, I love us being there. Remember, it wasn't just a couple years ago. We weren't even there. You know, I yeah. remember when we just started taking our banquet there. It seems like, you know, our memory is so short. <laughs> and uh, we, I am so thankful that NASCAR has a presence in that city because it's a great fit for us. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, speaking, of, uh, speaking of racing, uh, let's talk about Sonoma. All right. So, um, no, so that there's no stage cautions at the road courses anymore. They made a change, and um, they took out the stage cautions. And this is, you know, I watched this race, and, you know, I know that the product on the road courses has had, the sim- has had similar struggles like we've seen on the short tracks, right? Yeah, the racing is not good. It's hard to pass. Yes. That's right. The cars, it's, it's easy to pass. It is, I think. The problem is they all run the same lap time. Every lap, the whole field's within a half a tenth or, or a half a second of each other, right? So if the top ten are literally matching lap times, if not just a little bit different, there is no passing, right? They don't even catch each other. Um, so it's it's a little frustrating. Uh, I'm not going to dive into that. We've talked about the short track package and and the road course package and and. You know, if they want to make the racing better, NASCAR will work on it. Right. We'll, we'll figure it out. Right. Right. We're not, we're not going to sit here. There's work to be done. Yeah. They know it. We know it. Let's But, yeah. you know, one of the things that I was paying attention to was the lack of stage cautions. Now, we have stage points. The stage comes to an end. And it was so weird. It happened in the um, Xfinity race as well. I'm looking on TV, right? I'm looking at the television, and it's counting the laps down to the end of the stage. And... I'm just so programmed of the idea of a yellow getting ready to come out. And as that number gets counted down and the stage the stage ends and the caution doesn't come out and these points go wherever they go uh, and they keep racing. And I, I, there's just this moment of, oh, okay, this is interesting. This is different. Not sure I'm loving it. I don't know. Um, I don't know if I love it. I'm not criticizing it. I don't think, damn it, we got to change it back. I'm not aborting on this this change but it was just a little it was a little anticlimactic for the end of the stage right usually we have a stage in caution comes out yes it takes forever for the caution to get taken care of the stage to you know the, the cars to get back to green flag the stage cautions are long but there's another restart and there's a little bit of action on that restart uh, particularly in a race that needs a little action, it'd be good. But I guess, I guess what I'm saying, man, if the product on the track were better, I wouldn't care. But the product on the track at the road course was so dull that taking out that stage caution and and that moment of that that sort of dull moment in the broadcast where there's you know okay we came to the end there goes the points to everybody and we're gonna keep on racing. 
it just was a weird deal. And and I don't know if anybody else felt it. No, but yeah, it lacked that energy boost that we're accustomed to having. Yeah. I think it's just we're just used to it again. I mean, like, but we did not want these cautions, right? So I, I get it. I was ex- I was a bit excited about hey, okay, we're going to get rid of the cautions at the uh, at the road courses for the stage breaks. Yeah, this might be a good thing, right? Um, but I don't know. Damn, I was uh, I, I didn't think it made things better. I don't know if it hurt things at all, but I damn sure didn't think it made the racing or the race or my experience watching it any better. Maybe so. Did it not, though, introduce or bring back some strategic moves that some drivers were able to do that well, otherwise you wouldn't be able to do? Because it wasn't that – like I heard some drivers advocate of, for this type of yes. thing, and that's because they want to be able to make some strategic calls. They were. And it, it, you know, we, it did change the strategy somewhat and opened it up a little bit. The guys – uh, some guys were actually, you know, if you're leading the race coming to the end of stage one, if you don't, you know, you might be giving up an opportunity to win the race, particularly with this car that where the top 10 or more all run the same speed. If you, if you don't pit and everybody else cycles in front of you and you stay out to get the stage points, then you've basically thrown the race. You basically really limited your opportunities to win the race. And so, that would that was the that was the idea or the thought, but still, even though we're un, even though we stayed green, we had guys that were, you know, pitting before the end of the stage, foregoing stage points to put themselves in that better position late in the race, and and some guys lost a little track position due to it. I don't know it. There was some, you know, there was a big discrepancy in old tires and new tires. There was a couple seconds in speed getting out on the, you know, getting on the racetrack and trying to leapfrog. Uh, the the Hendrick guys tried to do that early in the race, uh, make up a lot of time on the top ten by pitting early. I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I, I just didn't know if the race was that good. I, I wanted it to be good, and I wanted, I love, you know. Sonoma, odd, odd for me to say that. I hated it I've for so many years. I've never heard you say that before. Dude, I hated it for so many years. I was even a little jealous of the Xfinity guys. I was thinking, damn, that might have been a good race to run. I've got to run a couple, so well, I got to I want to go somewhere and have a good time, and this this might have been pretty fun. But <laughs> Who are you? I don't even know anymore. I know, right? I don't know who I am. <laughs> I'm curious, though, is the broad opinion of this race without stage breaks. What did it feel like versus what you're, what you're accustomed to? Um Andrew, you got an opinion on this? You've been listening? Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. I, I liked the idea that it opened the door for strategy. And I feel like if we weren't going to get cautions, I almost wanted to see what a caution-free race would look like to really be able to see strategy play out. But you're right. There, there are moments where it definitely got drawn out. And, and the late caution towards the end of the race, I think, did make it interesting. But yeah. I don't know. I don't think I hated it from just letting the race Breathe, be itself, be you know? a natural race. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm a, I'm a. I feel like that I would fall into that group of being a traditionalist or, or man, like pure racing. Don't, don't manipulate anything. That certainly was what we got on Sunday. Uh, and sometimes races are just going to be that way. You're going to have guys that just drive away, uh, or it's going to be pretty much, you know, a, a uneventful, if you will, not about, no, no drama or, or any, you know, any big problems. Um, Maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. Alex? Oh, go ahead, Alex. I kind of agree with Andrew a little bit. I, I liked I liked the strategy part of it because I kind of 
go see. What no. was different about the strategy for for you as a viewer versus? I mean, there's strategy in the old way of doing it. It was you know that you would have people coming down pit road before the caution to to sort of leapfrog some others that were going to stay out for the stage points, which is strategy. Um, it's a different type of strategy, but uh, and we still saw some of that. Um, how did you feel like the strategy was so different? I just feel like it was because I, I, I'm used to seeing that strategy where they come in before the caution, yeah. like, oh, okay. But then like the next stage, it'll just flip because those guys know they have a caution. Exactly. I didn't really know how it was going to play out because there is no caution. Like these guys are fighting for a caution that you don't know is going to happen. Yeah. So when it wasn't planned, I was like, oh, let's see if it works out for him. And it did for most of them at the end. So yeah. it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just... Maybe it's more to do with the product and just trying to get that that car to to be a more dynamic sort of you know product to watch on the track. Uh, I'll tell you what it has to do with. What is that? If you were broadcasting that race, yeah. you would have loved it. Why? Because you're plugged in so much that you're plugged into the race that the strategic thing is something you guys would do well. You would do well, Latart. It's what he is the the best at, and you guys would be involved in every driver. Whereas. Watching at home, and in case in my case, like I like the strategic thing, I can appreciate that. But I wasn't plugged into the race, but because I had a lot of family in town and we were doing different things. And so, what you're doing is you're kind of keeping one eye on it, and you're just looking for any excitement. Yeah. And there was none in that race, with the exception of you know Denny crashing and and um, you know there was a couple restarts here and there. But the fact of the matter is, is that it did lack that if you weren't going to be completely following everyone's strategic move and pit calls. If you're not going to follow that, it looked just like a race that got strung out. Yeah. So, but like if you if you're broadcasting it, I think you would have loved it. I also want to say this, you know, you were really, and 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 I think you were right in this. But remember, after the Wilkesboro All Star Race, you were you were somber about that race. Um, and you're like, you know, God, this is just a, you know, it's like, we got to fix this and all this stuff. I noticed that in our YouTube comments, I never really go look at YouTube comments, but a majority of the commenters were like, we like that race. Like it is, is it, you know, we just appreciated it. We appreciated that it was just one of these old traditional races where yeah. people kind of went out there and they ran and you got the, the winner just kind of just, just yeah. has his way with everybody. Kyle Larson just goes in there and dominates. And so I do think that there's an appreciation for that. Um, and and you're certainly going to have your crowd that's just like, entertain me every lap. I, I got to see yeah, you know, but, pyrotechnics. Yeah. This wasn't that race. It was another butt whooping. And so I wish I would, there would have been more excitement in it. But the fact of the matter is, is that I also had you know, three other things I'm doing at the same time. And so yeah. you know, what am I going to do? I guess. I mean, you know, I, 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 I know we're not always going to get this, but the you know la the race not having the stage cautions and the race lacking natural cautions, um, the car is pretty pretty durable. Um, you know, in terms of you know it's it's you got to really screw up to spin out or 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 get the car off track or do anything that's going to cause a yellow, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the guys are they were they're aggressive this year, but they weren't wrecking each other, taking each other out. So, I mean, you know, um, we used to see a lot more contact with the old car. It was harder to, to – it was easier to screw up, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it just appears that, you know, this, this car, it's purpose-built for road courses, independent rear suspension and all that, right? So, they, it gets around that track better. Um, all those things, I think, kind of play a big role. The tire barriers down in turn 11 – um, easily pushed around 
I, you know, I saw the comments and the, or, you know, watching the race. That's always been there. That's oh, always, yeah, that's always been part of it. You know, those damn tires were always moving. Okay. And it changed the line in turn 11. You'd be coming through turn 11 and you're like, oh man, my car ain't handling where the <laughs> somebody had hit a tire and move it. And you're like, oh yeah, that was perfect. That helped me. <laughs> <laughs> that helped. Yeah, that makes my car hurt. You know, we'll get through here way better. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. But. Uh, they may have beefed up these tires to where now when they hit them, like it's a lot more detrimental to the car because we saw it in Xfinity and in the in the Cup race where uh, you know any contact with those was a little concerning, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I, I you know I I thought that was you know the tire barrier is moving around for me has always kind of been part of Sonoma. They're always going to end up somewhere at, you know somewhere different by the end of the race. Um, Interesting. I, I wouldn't have thought that, but that you would know. Yeah, but it just it, yeah. Truex dominates again on a road course. Not not a big surprise there. That's his fourth win there, and yeah. that's something. He's so good at road courses. I, you know, it's funny. I, you know, I remember. I re, I was thinking about that where they keep showing these these graphics of all these guys that are winning road course races, and it's Truex and Chase Elliott and um, and and Kyle Busch. Man, in the eighties, you knew. Who was good at a road course? It was Rusty Wallace, Ricky Rudd, Ricky Rudd. Terry Lavani was pretty good. There was like two or three guys that were just better than all of the other guys out there. Like, you know, Dad was kind of in that second tier, right? There were about five, maybe five really good road course racers in, in, in the cup competition in the 80s and early 90s. As we got into these cars, or even back when I was racing toward the end of my career, I wasn't sure that I could pick a guy out of a lineup right that's the road course guy in our group but apparently yeah i gotta give truex credit i gotta give chase elliott credit those those wins that they racked up wasn't just because they hit on a little secret that nobody else had um i think truly uh the guys with the most wins like like chase and truex just have that natural ability to figure out how to get around those places that some guys just don't possess. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because I don't know that Truex is honing that craft throughout the year. He just shows up and does it. Natural. Just A lot of people like Reddick, uh, he's been going to Trans Am races and driving all, you know, doing everything he can to sort of improve as a road course racer. Um, even Brad Keselowski and, and TJ, they go out to the GoPro once a week and run around that road course just to try to figure out how to become better at turning left and right. Mm. And Truex, to me, goes fishing. And when Sonoma rolls around, he walks in with his damn helmet bag, climbs in, and kicks everybody's ass. It's the most fascinating thing, I think, going on right now in terms of road course racing. Uh, Because I, I I don't believe that Chase really does a lot of extra work to try to get better at road course racing, it's just like a, a natural uh, ability, right? Yeah. Probably the same for Kyle Busch. He's busy dirt racing and doing all kinds of crazy things with his son Brexton and having a great time. I don't. He he might be doing a little Trans Am work with, you know, with with Austin Dillon. I think I saw him doing a little bit of that in the off season, but I don't think he's doing a bunch of sim and stuff to try to be a better road course racer. He's not going to Bondurant and all these places to road course schools. Uh, they're just immensely talented you would agree also that some people not all of them but some people probably tend to overthink it and i think back to when you and steve latart <laughs> decided to forget testing yeah. forget all this work extra work we're just going to show up as 
whatever. Yeah. And that's when you ended up getting top five and having your best finish at Sonoma. Yeah. I think we worked too hard and we over, you know, we did go to all these tests and just beat our heads against the ground and trying to figure out how to get faster and be better and understand what's going on. And it, I think for me, it, it was more, it confused things even more. Right. When we said, you know what, we're going to, this year, we're going to work ourselves to death for nothing to go out there and, and, and crash into a tire barrier and finish 15th. We're going to show up, have a good time, go to dinner, enjoy the area, and practice and race. The closest you can get to not giving a damn yeah. without not, and not I'll taking your job seriously, but when, when they I, went there not, not giving a damn. <laughs> and what happened when I got in the car for the first practice, Mike? I was so freaking eager and fired up to drive and, mm. and go out there and, and figure it out as opposed to having tested our guts out you know study 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 show up and you're like i'm freaking a little bit burned out on this and i'm not even running a practice lap yet right you know and then the cars you know you're nitpicking every little thing the car's doing and you're just frustrating your weekend more um yeah i think that's that's a unique approach uh for sure and i wouldn't be opposed to it if i was even you know working with my guys you know uh here at junior motorsports you know i don't know sometimes preparation is important sometimes sim work and all that stuff is important other times almost think that you're working yourself to death for no reason eric almirola goes out there and and beats kyle larson and aj allmendinger in the xfinity race i think that was the biggest surprise of the weekend i mean eric was fast all weekend qualified well ran well in the race he you know his team got him in a good position to where he could you know he could take advantage of what was happening on the racetrack around him um, and when he did get the lead, he was he was fast. Larson was a little bit quicker, but banged his car up a little bit. Um, there was some contact with uh, with um, who the hell was it? AJ. AJ. Yeah. Th- that bent the splitter. Uh, and I'm gonna tell you, man, his car was never the same after that. Um, and so you wouldn't think something like that could as fast as his car was, as good as he was. You didn't think something like that could really make that big of a difference, but. He lost a lot of a lot of speed, and I think also just being in a little bit of that dirty air behind uh, Eric's car, and Eric's car just got so good right there at the end. Um, good job by Eric, man. He needs that. Was, Another it, guy that just showed up to have fun yeah. in that race, like you know. Again, I've been seeing him, man. He's been getting a lot of hard. He's been getting a lot of flack. He's been getting some criticism for, for how sure. they perform on the Sunday. Yep. But if you, I mean, outside of Harvick, SHR is struggling right now. Yep. As a group, they are having a hard time figuring this thing out. And so, you know, he's not running any worse than any of his other teammates outside of Harvick. You know, Harvick and, and Rodney Childers, they're an anomaly. They're going to always be one as, as long as they're together. Um, but when you look at the rest of that group at SHR, I think, you know, Eric's, Eric's just not benefiting from, uh, you know, whatever, uh, you know, that whatever's ailing that organization is, is, is making it difficult for all of those drivers. And so... Eric gets out of the car. I loved it, man. He gets out of the car and stands on victory. And he goes, I know it's just an Xfinity race. I was like, man, I know exactly the way he, you know, you can, you know, ex- when somebody gets out and just talks gen- genuinely and, 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 and he, he was so happy to be there. Yeah. So happy to have something to be happy about. Right. <laughs> and his kids, right. I was watching his uh, kids run up to the car and I'm like, damn right. I'm like, Getting to win a race and for your kids to – they go to every – almost every race, right? His kids are there watching that Sunday performance week in and week out. And they believe in their dad. 
They love him. They think that he's the greatest race car driver out there. And they watch that frustration and that struggle. And they watch him bring it home and deal with it the best he can. And they finally got to have their day. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just an Xfinity race, like Eric said, it's still an, a, a moment of celebration and elation that those kids are going to remember forever. Um, I really, really love that moment, especially for Eric, having, having had a little bit of a connection with him here at Junior Motorsports. Garage 56 went to Le Mans. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I didn't see a ton of the coverage. Did you guys pay much attention to that? No, I just checked a little bit in on Twitter. I saw some stuff on social media, man, but I really was not able uh, to really pay, you know, really tune in. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. Andrew. Yeah, I didn't watch much. Man, of it, but I saw the social media coverage. Yeah, right. there's a lot of people. Social media. Yeah, there's yeah, some there good was, stuff yeah. from that. <laughs> it, it was we're a success. All, Can we all agree on that? Like, no, it, it seems like none that of they, us. They they showed up and they they ran well, right? Yeah. They they had a good day. Thirty ninth. None, none of us watched. <laughs> none of us watched. Listen, <laughs> I, I have a better excuse than you guys do. It was my kid's birthday. I slept inside it. But okay, there you go. Or Sunday, whenever it was. I, I, was, what it was. I don't know. I think it was in. I think <laughs> you, it was you were coming back from a boat Cabo. or something. Yeah, probably catching uh, marlins. I will say the memes of the size of the car compared to the other cars was pretty funny. They, I know. I thought some of those pictures were doctored up. I thought it was so too. But it was real. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wonder what the future is of that. Like, what are we? What's next? I don't know. Right. It seemed like it got a lot of like positive reviews yeah. from right. like the Europeans over there. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm sure they thought it was neat and cool. Yeah. Um, but. I, you know, I, this goes back to my conversation uh, that I've always kind of brought up every time we go to the 24 hours of Daytona. Could there ever be an endurance race for NASCAR? Could NASCAR, you know, NASCAR has a 600 miler, uh, and that's our that's our longest race. But with this car, right? I mean, this damn thing is bulletproof. Motors don't blow up like they used to. Gosh, man, we're we're All researching it. 1979 and. <laughs> They'd be six, seven, eight, ten engines blow up every week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Remember we had Cal Petty on the show, and he had a motor, like that first year for him. Yeah. You know, dad, he had like 17 races yeah. and 16 expired motors. Yeah. Or when, dad like that. Ju- when dad drove a Ford, it blew up every other race. Right. Um, All the time, man. So. That's right. We don't have good, no, good, a good no. motor to blow so, anymore. I guess. What the hell? Yeah, too does, good. That's what we're missing. Yeah. Does this get us back to that conversation of. Should NASCAR, what I think would be the coolest freaking thing. Oh, man, this would be so awesome. Daytona Road Course. And and you could convince me of any other track, right? It doesn't have to be Daytona Road Course. But let's just say uh, Daytona Road Course for the sake of the 24 hours of Daytona and the experience that people know that can be, right? A 12-hour, let's just start. Let's not go 24. Let's go 12. 12 hours, all of the cup teams out there and – even of even the Xfinity teams, or you could have you know if it's not Xfinity, it's truck. So you know definitely you can visually see the difference between the two cars mm-hmm. or the two vehicles. So you would have I don't know seventy cars on the track, roughly you know eighty cars on the track uh, for a twelve hour race. I don't know if the trucks could do it. Um, but put them out there. Yeah. Let's throw them in the deep end. Right. The what are we doing do here? Right. Let's if we're gonna go at it, let's just do the twenty four hours. Yeah, and let's do it at the Chicago Street Course because they're all pissed <laughs> off for us going there for a couple hours. Let's just give them all day to think if about we, that traffic. If we did a six hour race, that would only that would only be two more hours than what we currently do at some of these racetracks. I mean, some of, <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. not even a, that's not even a joke. I mean, I know some of the races that we run near near four hours, and so um, 
I think it in it, it's what it's definitely not out of the question to take the current next gen car and run a twelve hour race with it. Doug Yates will tell you that it's not out of the question for from a motor standpoint, and I've asked him about it a couple times. And so, I think that you know if you could if you could accompany accompany it, accompany it with uh, one the Xfinity or the truck, if that's even possible for that series, man, how cool would that be? You brought up the you know the work we're doing on the 1979 season. One of the things that stuck out to me is that they used and I didn't know this. They used to you could change a motor during the race. Yes, and there was a particular race I don't remember what it was, but they changed the motor in like 20, 25 minutes or something like Quicker that. Quicker than that, yeah, is that right? Faster than that. See, imagine that. Like if okay, maybe the motor does expire, but if you give them an opportunity to go put a new one in and just cut I back, you, is nah, that not I right? Think if you blow up, you're out. Oh, man, not, I kind of thought it was cool. It is cool, but damn it, I mean, nobody will For one it. race, if it's an endurance race? Let's just get the oh, race. Right. I guess the endurance, I guess the, the, the yeah, point yeah. of an endurance race is that you're trying to yeah. put the, the test we of the machine. We just complain that these things don't fall apart enough. <laughs> now we're trying to fix every problem so they can continue to race. No, the, 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 the fear and the potential of that dramatic moment and disastrous moment when something breaks and you're done is what makes... I one of the, the, one of the things true. that makes racing compelling. So I think it also could be compelling, though, if you're like, does Rick Hendrick put the fifth motor in the car today, or are they going to cut they, it? Are they going to call it quits and finally go home? No. Or <laughs> how many motors are you willing to put in a car that can't seem to go without blowing up? Well, I don't know. Um, I wonder if it will, uh, you know, kind of fire that conversation back up of what whether NASCAR could include an endurance event into its schedule. Can, and, can I just say one thing? not an exhibition. Like, let's go points racing, man. Let's freaking do this. You're surprising me. I thought you were going to show up gloating because you picked the winner of this uh, bracket. Like, if you want to talk about Sonoma, you know, do you realize you picked the winner of the yeah, bracket? I do. Oh, you did? Yeah. Why, this is not like you. I mean, not like me to win, pick winner. Well, not, that's not, true. Yeah. Not like you to win, and then two, not likely to rub it into everybody. You were so confident. Well, yeah, we, we hadn't gotten to that part of the show yet. Oh, you were planning uh, on it. Oh, sorry. I just. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, then I'll I'll let you uh, save your glory for another time. Then. No, I'm. I mean, uh, what do I win? You win nothing. I win nothing. You, that's the only one you got right. <laughs> it can't be if I've if, he, if I've got Byron all the way. You to had the some. But yeah. well, your point total wasn't up there. So um, I don't even know where that made me finish in the bracket. That would be a be- that would that would be my only concern. Does I was yeah. I in the top one hundred or top that, to, top three hundred? Dalton Greco over there is about to come up. Okay, with okay, okay. Yeah, I know. I saw on social media somebody put somebody showed up my tag my timeline that they had they had actually won. They were and it was wasn't like this. It was kind of like, hey, I think I won this. It was a very. At least know. I read. You can't read. Right. There's a clear winner. You, you yeah. can't read. I know, you can't read tone in text message, but I'm reading his tweet and he's like yeah i think i did i think i won this thing man yay me and i was like <laughs> i think you did attempt to read tone because i bet that's not exactly how he wrote that <laughs> yeah. well i think he was just like all right going about my life oh, yeah. <laughs> now if there was a big prize like uh, 150 tumblers or something yeah dude the winner's gonna get some tumblers yeah, yeah. oh i'm not yeah. Yeah. back up the u-haul truck that's right <sighs> well um that pretty much does it for me, man. I, I me too. I um, I'm excited to to get back to work and and um, 
you know, we got a few more. We got a whole another weekend. Father's Day. What you doing for Father's Day? Anything special, dude? I don't think so. I don't know. I've already got my Father's Day gift. I did too. I What'd a, you get? I got a painting. Really? Yeah. I uh, there's a guy in uh, Europe. His name's Sean, and uh, he does some he does some racing stuff. And I've posted some of his stuff on my social media. That I bought a couple paintings from him that he did of Dad. And he did this one of my um, my '88 National Guard car that I won the 2014 Daytona 500 with. He just recently did that one, and I saw it on his social media, and I was like, "Dang, that's cool!" I almost reached out to ask him for it, you know, buy it. And, and little did I know, Amy and the girls bought it. How about that? Yeah, and they gave it to me. It's really cool. That is cool. Yeah. So um, they didn't want me to, you know, but they were like, "Here, we're you know, it's came in the mail. Here it is." But I kind of I kind of botched up uh, Mother's Day a little bit, screwed up a little bit, didn't do everything I was supposed to do. Um, Amy asked for a specific thing for breakfast. She wanted liver mush. I forgot to bring it. Uh, and we were supposed to do a cut. Oh, um, I was supposed to get mimosas. Didn't and, do that. Didn't do that. And then uh, we we went out on the beach and. We're sitting there, and I cracked a beer. And she turned and looked at me and went, where's my drink? And I was like, uh, you like beer? <laughs> <laughs> and boy, yeah. So, okay, look, I screwed up. That sounds to me like you forgot Mother's Day altogether. I tried not to, man. I had notes in my phone about all of this stuff, and I, did, I didn't – we did We did go to dinner. Oh, man, I – Look, I screwed up big time. I am owning it. I own it. This year's Mother's Day, terrible performance by yours truly. Next year, we're going to kick ass. So my expectations for Father's Day, for me, are zero. I, I deserve nothing. But I'm sure Amy will have something incredible planned because she's an awesome wife. Yeah, there you go. And she doesn't hold a grudge. I hope not for your yeah. sake. You screwed that up. I did, man. It's it's it was a tough day. You're terrible. I hate to admit these things, but I got to be honest. Well, I'm glad you're being honest. Yeah, that's the only thing you did right. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I hope everybody else out there has a great Father's Day. This is a great weekend, uh, and and luckily the you know luckily the sport has a few off weekends sprinkled out through the season, so we can take a little breather. I think it's time for a breather. <laughs> As not you for come us. back from Cabo. No, not for us. I'm saying for the industry. For the yeah. industry. Take a break, right? Dale. Yeah. You deserve Shut it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> for sure the industry needs it. They need more than Dude, one. Dude, I said that. Remember that? We were uh, we were in here doing the show uh, uh, like two weeks ago, and I was like, y'all, I'm free. I finally got, you know, finally going to get a little time off. Man, that was not a very popular com- comment by me. Oh, wow. No, people were not like, hey, I don't want to. People where? I saw some comments on our, our social media handles oh. about people that were like, "Yeah, man, you live a pretty good life. <laughs> you got you know a good, I mean? yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that you know. <laughs> we don't want, we don't need to hear about your, uh, you know, your excitement over having a couple of days off. Okay, I'm well, here. I'm working my ass off. They're gonna love the beach yoga stories that we're gonna bring <laughs> yeah. in today. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the Marlin. I think as long as you're self-deprecating, that's okay. <laughs> Hey. Listen, I, I, I would, uh, I will take this of you just bringing your life to the and putting it all out on the table, rather than yeah. um, you worrying about what people are going to critique. That's yeah. going to always happen, anyways. Yeah, well, um, we are almost an hour into the show, oh. uh, and we've got a little last junior to do. So, Andrew, you want to fire that up? Let's do it. 
All right, let's do some Ash Jr. presented by Xfinity. It's going to be a lot of fun. Haven't I felt like we haven't done this forever. It's been a couple uh, weeks. Yeah, it's been a couple yeah. weeks. I'm looking forward to seeing the questions people have. I try not to really dig into my timeline too much, so there'll be surprises. But uh, get us on, get us going live on our YouTube. Are we live? We're live. Hey, everybody. It's Dale Jr. here live in the Bojangles studio with my co-host, Mike Davis. And uh, this is the Ask Jr. portion of the show presented by Xfinity. Xfinity with their 10G network. It's the fastest stuff out there and the most reliable. And um, they tell me to say that, but it is true. Uh, I've been a customer for a while and the stuff kicks ass. So anyways, hadn't uh, been on here in a while. I want to say hey to everybody out there. I hope you're doing well. Hope you enjoyed uh, the Fox portion of the NASCAR season. We're getting ready to fire up the NBC side here after an off week for Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, Andrew is here in studio after going around and talking to all sorts of celebrities for the Next Level podcast. Uh, he's graced us with his presence, and he has the <laughs> questions ready. Let's go, Andrew. Yeah, you're welcome, Dale. Now, uh, this first question, you know, we talked a little bit uh, in Dirty Air about the return to NBC. Cole Street asks, what does your week-by-week preparation look like in terms of getting ready for a broadcast? Um, that's, a, I lo- that's a good question. So uh, we have a group of statisticians, uh, racing insights that email us all types of information. We we should never complain about not having some stat or some information because it's all there. And uh, if you dig in, I, I would print it all out and uh, start looking through uh, all of this information. And it's it's stuff like, hey, man, this driver has this average finish at this racetrack in the last five we- five races. He's a guy to look at. Uh, this this person's struggling here for this particular reason. These are some statistics that back up. This is not a good track for this driver. And so I highlight, you know, I throw away the cheats that I don't like, and I highlight the stuff that I do like. I might even do a one-page uh, uh, or a two-page note of all of the really, really good stats that I love to try to work those into my shows. Uh, but I also um, watch the last race. Uh, either the full race or some of the abbreviated races on YouTube uh, to understand how the strategy played out, what to be ready for. Because man, if you don't if you don't know there's a you know if you if you don't know that there's potential for a strategy uh, in a race and you're standing there and it starts happening and Steve starts talking, uh, it can get your head spinning fast. So trying to understand, okay, this race could have these type of strategies play out. Be ready for that. It's way easier when the broadcast is 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 live and in the moment. Uh, there's a lot of other things to do. I mean, you know, if uh, if you get a chance to get into a booth for a practice, that's really really helpful because you knock out a lot of bugs and and get over some of some of the nervous uh, nervousness that you have for live television. And also being able to watch the practices and really plugging into them um, helps you understand who's good, who isn't good, who might be worth watching. Uh, when the race comes around and you've got to I don't know I feel like I start every race and I want to have an idea of what I think will happen and I want to have some ideas on what I think I'm curious about like what do I not know what driver what team is is the question mark for me who and I'm gonna watch them to find out whether they do this or that and so you know I just try to find out try to figure out what's interesting what do I find interesting compelling and lean into that a little bit but it's fun man planning for a broadcast uh 
is a good time. Now, when you're the play-by-play guy, which I do it maybe once a year, that's terrifying. And you feel like you need to be working every minute of every day that week, like getting ready. And I'll write, I'll write out all kinds of things that I plan on saying, like to the T of exactly what I want to say when I'm going from the command uh, to, or from the anthem to the command, or or going going to, going to commercial before the green flag. Even though I might not use all of that, I write it down and and write it out. It's so. Uh, it's it's so nerve wracking, but it's a adre- it's adrenaline rush yeah. when you're in there doing it. When you're doing play by play like Mike Joy and, and Rick Allen, it is a rush because you could screw it up and it could go well. And but when it goes well, nobody cares. It's supposed to go well, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. It's like it's like it's all on you. Yeah. There's nobody else. Yeah. yeah. And if it goes well, then that's what you're supposed. To, that's what yeah. it's supposed to go, right? You don't get you don't get many. Nobody ever goes. That's a hell of a job. <laughs> Whoa, man! Good, good job on that play-by-play. You know, it just, uh, you know, you just you, when you screw it up, though, that, that that's uh, it's hard to hide from that. Do you know when you're going to be doing play-by-play this year? I haven't heard anything. You don't know. Um, yet? I don't. I don't really. Um, I, if we, if I get to do it, I get to do it. I'm. I've done it enough that I feel like I've got a good idea of how I can be a better asset to Rick or uh, in the booth, and. That's helped me understand his job and appreciate his job better and know what his role really truly is because I came into this, man, knowing nothing about broadcasting. Like, I didn't know nothing about it. And so um, I've enjoyed getting to do it. If I don't get to do it anymore, that's fine. But if I do, I'll, I'll see uh, see how we do. Yeah, it's definitely cool watching you in those different roles besides just, you know, the analysts yeah. on TV. Uh, this next question comes from our YouTube chat from Kent. Uh, what happens in the infield care center? You know, they see the driver get in the ambulance That's and then they question. see them get released. But yeah. what happens in between that time? Well, when you go into the infield care center, they're all a little different as far as the layout. But there'll be, there's usually like a horseshoe desk in the middle and there'll be a bunch of people in there uh, doing different roles and responsibilities and I'm not sure exactly who what their roles are, but there'll be a lead like neurosurgeon or and and possibly a lead doctor. So there'll be a there'll be a guy in there to be able to check you out for a concussion on in the room. But there'll also be a, a physician to to manage any kind of breaks or any kind of severe severe you know wound or whatever you might have, right? And so um, if you got pain anywhere that may be a a, a break or a bruise. Uh, that's two different people, right? Working, working on top of you, and so in off to the side, there's gurneys, and they're divided by the curtains, right? So there's one room with about three gurneys for for however many drivers are in there at the same time, and you're all divided by a curtain. No, you don't go to a, you know, you don't have a room. Um, and uh, the times that I've actually been in there where there's a multi car crash, and you're, and it's interesting because. Um, every driver's in a different state of mind. Right. You know, um, guy might be in there madder than hell. Um, somebody might be in there, uh, you know, not in too bad of a mood. Uh, but it's really, it's a really surreal moment when you're all sitting in there and everybody's kind of getting checked out. They, they, you know, check your pulse and give you a good kind of physical exam and ask you some a lot of questions and they're watching you, listening to you answer questions, listening to how you're responding, paying attention. Um, they've seen the wreck maybe on television and a monitor in the room. They weren't in the car with you. They weren't out there watching it live. 
So they're very inquisitive, and it's a sometimes bit an, sometimes can be annoying because you're mad, right? You're 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 out of the race. You're upset about that, but they're asking these questions for a reason, trying to truly understand um, how they might need to examine you and what they might want to pay the most attention to. It's a uh, but eventually, man, you get they're like, hey, you're good to go. You get up and you walk toward the exit, and there'll be maybe a PR person or somebody with your team or somebody in your own family or your own group that's with you holding on to all your <laughs> They got your helmet and your earplugs and your gloves, and they're like, hey, you feeling okay? And you're like, yeah, doing all right. And then you're, then, the, then I'll be honest with you, in that moment right there, the the heartbreak sets in of the actual fact that you crashed and you're mm. out of the race, right? The result, you're, the, re- the result's going to suck. You have to wait all week to go back to the racetrack to redeem yourself. It's like this, right as you're walking out of that medical center, you're like, oh, yeah. Uh, the reality of all of this is that I've had a terrible day, a terrible result. And um, and so that, and then you end up, you know, walking into a media scrum or right. something like that. Yeah. Trying to explain what's going on. That's interesting. You don't really think about it until like you don't. you're just walking yep. out. Nope. Yeah. yeah. What's the ambulance ride? Because you don't mention like multi-car accidents. Sometimes you'll ride with other yeah. drivers. Is there much discussion usually, or is everyone pretty quiet? Um, I've only rode in an ambulance with other drivers, maybe on less than a ha- half a dozen occasions, and uh, it's 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 very it's a lot of bravado. You're you're like it's it's kind you know you kind of get in there and you're like man man that's oh man those hits were hard oh man. You believe that guy did that? You know, you're, you're sort of, you know, it, you're deflecting a lot, right? Of you know how your what your your true emotions are are the d- d- disappointment, you know, regret about the situation, regret about the predict- situation you're in, and you deflect a lot. You deflect a lot. It's kind of like this this sort of macho reaction, um, and uh, you know, it's 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 uh, you know, then you get out, but. The ambulance rides are quick, and you know they don't strap you down or lay you down in there. You just <laughs> hop in, and sit. There's a bench. You sit down, and they're just kind of start asking you questions. Hey, man, you doing okay? You feeling all right? You got any pain? You hurt anywhere? And you, you'll go answer the same questions in the in the medical center to the rest of the staff. But right, yeah. Uh, this next question coming from Christopher. I'm going to Nashville for the first time next week, and you know we were talking again about. NASCAR being back at Nashville the last couple of years, what are the places he should check out? What are the things he should do in Nashville? <laughs> Old Red. Broad- <laughs> yeah. That's right. Broadway, man. Um, you know, there's uh, I'm, you know, there's a lot of history in that town. It's hard to beat going to Broadway on, on a Friday or Saturday night. Of course, we're going to be down at Old Red on Friday night doing a Dale Jr. Download podcast live, uh, probably around 8.30. So uh, come out and see us if you're in town. Um, we had a great time there last year with Daryl Waltrip, and uh, we'll be there talking for an hour or more. And for what it's worth, that thing was packed to the rim, and they locked the doors a couple hours before that show even started. Shoot. Just yeah. FYI. But Don't know if it'll be that way this year, but just plan ahead. There are so many bars on Broadway, and they are all uniquely different. So as you go in each and every one, there's – newer ones older ones more historic ones and they have like uh they have so many nooks and crannies and and like some bars have multiple bars right you'll you'll walk in one room and there's a there's a bar here and you'll walk around and upstairs is another bar and uh it's 
it's pretty cool. I mean, if you like that sort of stuff, which I do, I enjoy kind of bar hopping and doing that sort of thing every once in a while. And so it's a good time for me. But uh, And I like the historic, older, dive barish type places that have been around for a long time and finding a stool and posting up for a couple hours. And uh, But there's anything, there's every type of bar you can imagine. It's like, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Oh, we got time for one more quick one. Uh, coming from the YouTube chat, uh, this is from Racer Kid. Uh, what's your favorite piece of merchandise that has ever been made, like, for you? Like, you know, most unique thing. Oh, well, I know we just did that Business of Motorsports podcast that is really fascinating. If you haven't listened to it yet, my sister and Mike uh, talked to Joe Mattis, who has been in the souvenir business for decades, and he, y'all went really deep into some of the information that y'all y'all presented uh, to fans, and uh, y'all talked a lot about all the unique souvenirs that got made. Um, you know, I thought it was always uh, interesting to see your face on, like, a snowboard or hmm. um, anything like that. Um, I, always, I always thought it was interesting to see it on – on stuff that I didn't even do, right? Like snowboarding, I never right. snowboarded in my life, right? And so uh, there's a snowboard. I've got a couple. I've, I know I've got a storage. I got a storage building, and it has at least one, if not two or three, of everything that was ever made. Wow, ever. <laughs> and I can take you to the snowboards right this second. I know exactly where they're at. <laughs> and um, you know, so some of that stuff was like man, I can't believe there's a, the me and the bud car on a snowboard, right? Who's mm-hmm. got, who's going to use this, right? And I'd love to meet that person, right? <laughs> but uh, what was your least favorite? Because Joe Kelly and I had a lot of fun talking yeah. about those. Do you, My, know, <laughs> you used to get so mad at some of them. <laughs> like what? The Cabbage Patch Kids? Yeah, I didn't love I didn't love the Cabbage Patch Kids or the dolls and stuff the like cal- that. The, I remember you... The calendars was a, always a thing. You didn't like nobody uses calendars anymore. Yeah. Ain't nobody do that. But yeah. like, they come up with they would come up with some whack things now. Yeah. Like you know the toothbrushes. The Kelly brought that up. But apparently, <clears throat> Joe said that the Cabbage Patch thing. He still has a little PTSD from that book. <laughs> 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 but they're also probably one of the more collectible things right. with value yeah. these days. I guess yeah. Um, yeah, there's some things that I don't understand. There are. Yeah, I guess that is one of the. Th- that's one of the things that's always struck me as a little odd is that there are right, so there are things like the cabbage patch doll that is universally connected mm-hmm. right cabbage patch barbie all there's all of these things that are and it's typically the dolls right um what's that one thing with the big head I like the pez yeah. No, 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 no. It's like a, they're in these square boxes. Everybody's got you signing them these days, and they have these round oh. heads. Funko. Funk, Funko. Yeah, Funko, right? Is that? Funko or like the, yeah, Something. I know what you're talking yeah. about. All right, I'm seeing them things everywhere. And I'm like, where? what is this? Where did it come from? Why do people want this? And so that to me was, uh, we're, we're, we're racers, and we've raced. We sell die casts. We sell right. T-shirts with race cars on them and hats and flags and whatever. You know, we sell things that are – I've always like, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's connected to racing. That makes sense. But then there will be these um, these sort of 
collectibles that are universal that have nothing to do with racing that we end up getting ourselves involved in and i'm like people really want this and they do it's crazy yeah i signed more of those doll i've signed more of those little little doll things in the last year i've signed more of those than any other item wow i'll go out front after this podcast and i promise you i'll sign four or five of them and wow <laughs> and they're like i want it in a specific pin it's got to match the box and uh so there's there's like this group of people in every sort of um you know th- there's like this core group of people that collect that specific item no matter who it's about it ain't it, they just collect that doll no matter how many variations of it are made right and uh and so yeah i mean the if there's some universal popular item happening, NASCAR goes, "Oh, what's that? What's going on over there? Can we make? Uh, can we? Can we put our drivers on those? That sounds that. Let's get let's get into that business. Those things are going like hotcakes." And the next thing you know, I got one in my hand with somebody wanting an autograph on. It. I'm like, ah, "They make this? I don't even see this stuff any. I don't even see this stuff get approved, right?" And those were the moments, and we talked about it on the phone. But like when Dale Jr. used to do these live QVCs and people on this YouTube probably, there's somebody that remembers it. But Dale's live on QVC channel. And then they would, you know, you got the same host. We know him. And they were like, all right, next up is uh, Dale Jr. toilet seat cushion. (laughs) Dale Jr. toilet seat cushion. Go ahead, everybody. Start buying. They're flying off the shelves. Dale Jr., what do you think about this? And Dale would be like, trying to fake excitement about it but then you could see in his eyes he is about to rip into somebody's butt when he comes off oh his gosh stage. oh and it was always, oh yeah. man it, looking back it was always kind of <laughs> funny that uh i mean and of course i could understand that i could of course i could understand that because he's not it's impossible for him to approve all that stuff right madness is out there getting stuff on everything that makes money that's his job but man, did he have some doozies! Like they got creative. Well, I, you know, we, y- y- I'll say y'all should listen, and y'all should listen to that uh, that podcast on Dirty Mo Media, B- business and motorsports. business and motorsports. Yep. That's right. It's just last to... week, two episodes. Joe Mattis. Joe Mattis. Listen to that one. It is. Uh, I have had more people text me about that. I had a guy, a buddy of mine, text me on the drive-in, going, "I could not freaking believe those stories from from Joe about." He talks about the bit, the boom of of the souvenir business when dad was really at his peak and dad was a big player in trying to get the, all of the drivers on the same page. Hey, we can all do this together. Um, and then, you know, when we had our, our thing going in 04 through 08, um, he tells some stories there that were, I didn't even know. I right. didn't even know some of that information. I was like, Whoa, right. Uh, so pretty incredible stuff. Like I'm looking at the YouTube chat. They're commenting their own Dale Jr. apparel, and they're saying, "Hey, I'm typing with my Dale Jr. mouse pad, and I've I got love a that. Budweiser mirror." There you go. So yeah. yeah, I've had several Dale Jr. mouse pads um, <laughs> in my time, uh, and I, I usually, uh, you know, I guess you know, lately I've gotten into diecast more than than I ever was. Right? I mean, diecast way back. Uh, were a massive thing. Everybody was buying diecast. They had every color. They had chrome, silver, bronze. <laughs> uh, they they would do a co- they would do a diecast in any form that they thought it would sell. And you know, of the same very same car would have fourteen different variations uh, and different levels of detail. Yeah, it just it was insane. It's wild. Um, but here lately, I've gotten into diecast. I think more than I ever was. And um, 
it's you know it, I've enjoyed doing that. I've actually got two towers in my house, two spinning towers like you could, like every, anyone could buy, full to the brim of 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 my favorite diecasts. Damn, not mine. Not, there's only a couple of me in there. Most of them are dad and some other th- some other drivers. That's neat. Yeah, that's a great place to uh, end it this week on Ask Junior. Yeah. All right, everybody. Um, great show. Thanks for uh, all the great questions, Andrew. Ask Junior was a lot of fun, Mike. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow for Richie Gilmore. Can't wait, man. It's, it's going to be, be a great show, everybody. Uh, have a great week until tomorrow. Uh, yeah, y'all, 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 take it easy. We'll see you then. Check out, check, check, check out Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. <laughs>